Hey everybody. So I was just reading about how digitization is increasing wealth inequality, and I thought that this is definitely the case for the music industry as well. Um, so how it works, what I was reading, is that basically digital production and distribution are so cheap nowadays that a few top producers can capture entire global markets. So consumers are going to gravitate towards the best of the best. Um, and if the best of the best can successfully serve everyone's needs, then the not quite as good producers are shut out and they can't make any money, meaning that there are going to be fewer companies and people getting a larger share of profits. Um, and we can see this in the music industry with the rise of superstars like Drake or Ed Sheeran. These are artists who are literally being heard by billions of people and they're generating tons of revenue. Um, before the digital age, musical artists performed locally and each area had its top musicians. Um, each musician serving a relatively small number of people. Uh, but now a relatively small number of artists are driving the entire industry. There are more artists than ever before because, as I talked about earlier, it's easier to make music, um, but the vast majority are all making less than before and they're struggling to be heard. Um, and it, this is a really important trend to note, but it's just one of many impacts of the digital age on the music industry. and. As I was thinking about this, I started to also think about um, we haven't just changed who we're listening to, we've also changed the way that we're getting our music. So consumers are flocking to the best ways to get music, just like they're flocking to the best artists. Um, in the same way that we might choose to listen to Bob Dylan over some random guitar player at the local bar, uh, we're in increasingly choosing to stream our music rather than go the traditional route and buy a CD. And that's what I want to talk about today. Um, streaming is all about value, in my opinion. Um, say I buy 12 really good albums in 2018, one each month. I'd probably end up spending about 150 bucks. Albums normally run like 10 to $15 uh, per. And I would get a nice collection of music. I'd get like 150 songs, so I'd end up spending about a dollar per song, which isn't a bad value, but now let's look at a popular streaming service like Spotify. So Spotify Premium costs 10 bucks a month, uh, 10 bucks being cheaper than the average CD actually, and for that $10 a month, I can get access to literally over 30 million songs. That is insane. And it's not just any songs, it's good quality songs. It's the latest releases from the biggest artists. Um, so how do you even compare the two? Using a streaming service, I think, is a better deal 100% of the time. Um, I personally use uh, Spotify and I use iTunes. In my iTunes, I have a library of purchase songs that I've been building for like the last 10 years. Um, and just comparing the two based on my own experience, I can't see why anyone would forgo using a music streaming service nowadays. It's just the best way to listen to music. Um, sure, there's something nice about owning like a digital copy of a song, but I think the value of streaming just offsets that benefit by so much. By the way, uh, you're already probably aware that streaming is becoming the new norm in other industries too. Uh, I don't have to tell you about Netflix and how that's destroying cable TV along with Hulu, Amazon Prime Video, whatever. Um, and even video game companies nowadays are getting streaming-like services. So Microsoft recently introduced their Xbox Game Pass, um, and that gives you access to over 100 quality games for just 10 bucks a month. 
obviously that's way cheaper than buying the games individually. Anyways, um, this is all just to say that music streaming is becoming increasingly popular and I think it's really interesting to look at how that's affected the industry and how that's affected us as consumers. Um, I think in a way it's been good and in a way it's been bad. Uh, it really depends on how you look at it. Um, but this is such a big topic that I think I'm going to do two episodes on it. So today's episode will be part one. Um, part two's episode will be coming next week, so stay tuned for that. Um, today we're going to be looking briefly at uh, how music streaming fits into the industry, what are some of the major streaming services and how are they different, and then I also want to mention briefly the demographics of streaming, who is streaming music. Um, and then in part two I plan on looking at kind of the finances behind it, how streaming has shaken the industry monetarily. Uh, so we're going to look at what kind of financial impact um, it's had, how streaming services are maybe hurting album sales and artist revenue, um, and what approaches record labels and artists have taken to combat this. So um, stay tuned again next week for that. But uh, right now we're going to talk about kind of how it fits into the industry. So in my opinion, music streaming is really just a response to piracy when it comes down to it. Um, when the internet became a thing and people started to download and share songs for free, the industry tried a few things, so uh, kind of as a solution. One they, they tried to do was promote live performances uh, more over album sales, and you can see today a lot of the revenue is actually shifting to live performances for artists, um, but it really didn't replace album sales. Um, another thing that the industry tried was uh, the, the uh, RIAA started... Uh, initiating these huge lawsuits against individual pirates like I think in one case there was like a 12 year old kid and they slapped him with like a $450,000 lawsuit or it could have been actually bigger than that but uh, that was an attempt to deter pirates and it really didn't work um, there hasn't been that substitute for album sales which have taken a massive hit in the digital age if you look at the statistics album sales are way down compared to where they were um, prior to kind of the explosion of the internet. Um, so I think streaming services are the natural substitute for album sales. I think they're going to be what replaces the album sales and I think that's because they harness maybe the core feature of the digital age which is product availability and they turn that into a business model. Um, now, there is a lot of controversy surrounding streaming services and a lot of negative sentiment towards them because of the way that uh, they split up the finances in the industry, which might not be fair. Uh, but I'll get into that in part two. For now, all we need to know is that streaming services have successfully captured millions and millions of users and they're making huge profits. Uh, take Spotify, for example. It's by far the most popular streaming service. It has over 140 million users and at least 70 million of them are paying users it's generating nearly 5 billion in revenue per year that's those are some pretty insane numbers I can't really uh, explain that but it's just crazy um, and then another thing another uh, advantage of streaming services other than their appeal they don't just provide content to consumers they actually provide an alternative platform for artists so they can be an additional revenue stream for big artists, 
um, along with album sales and concert tickets, but they can also allow new artists to be discovered um, without kind of going the traditional route of signing with a label and getting commercial promotion. Um, so the same kind of thing is happening with platforms like YouTube and Twitch, if you look at those. We're seeing unknown people rise to popularity and generate legitimate revenue without any kind of publishing deal or contract, which is pretty incredible when you look at historically how people have become successful. But I think the success of music streaming is especially impressive considering that it really wasn't a thing just a decade ago. Um, it really couldn't be a thing without smartphones, which are the perfect platforms for services that offer unlimited music wherever you go. Personally, the first one that I remember hearing about getting big and the first one that I tried was Pandora. Um, I know that Last FM and iHeartRadio were popular back in the day. They're, I think they're still big, actually. Um, we don't really have time to talk about this, but if you're interested in the historical development of streaming, how it got popular, um, I found this really cool timeline on the web that kind of gives some milestones of major developments in music streaming. So I'll post that link in the episode's description. Um, today, though, a couple of leaders have emerged in the music streaming business. Um, I'm thinking SoundCloud, Spotify, and Pandora. They all have at least 70 million users. Um, the big upcoming one is Apple Music. They already have 40 million paying users and an incredibly just mind-blowing library of 45 million tracks. That's the largest one um, that I've seen. Spotify, as I said, has like 30 million, but just think about how many songs that is. You will never even listen to a fraction of that, and you're just paying like 10 bucks a month for these services. Um, but going back to the stats, so together in 2017, streaming services uh, combined to generate $6.5 billion worth of revenue, and they're projected to be over 220 million worldwide music streaming subscribers by 2020. Um, it really is becoming the new norm, I think. And all of these platforms, these big platforms, uh, have slightly, they offer slightly different experiences for consumers. Uh, so think of Pandora, they really emphasize radio. That's where they kind of, that's their strength. That's where they shine. Um, SoundCloud really caters to underground music. It's interesting if you look at like the top 100 most popular SoundCloud artists, it is nothing like the top 100 um, mainstream artists that you'd think of. Um, so they're really helping underground artists kind of shine and, and get discovered. Um, and then Spotify, I would say, excels at something like playlist building. They really give you a lot of customization tools. Um, so just from my own personal experience, I've tried a couple different streaming services myself. I've tried Pandora, I've tried Spotify, SoundCloud, I also have Amazon Prime Music, um, and I can see how people can make a case to have each one, and I could even see how people can make the case to have more than one streaming service. Um, there's just so many options for personalizing your own music the way you want it. Uh, I really don't think there's any better way to listen than to get one of these streaming services. I think streaming is going to become increasingly important and increasingly popular as a platform. If you look at the demographics, 90% um, of people under the age of 30 have used a music streaming service. Um, and then just based on me talking to other people and seeing what they use, how they listen to music, it really feels to me like music streaming is becoming the new norm. Um, I haven't, it, it just doesn't seem common anymore for someone 
to be building a digital library of music. I'm like the only person I know who actually kind of still does that. And even I am really shifting away and just saying, why would I even try to to build a library when I have Spotify that can just pull up any song uh, wherever I want it? So I think the real challenge with uh, music streaming is going to be making sure that um, artists, labels, and industry professionals are getting their fair share of the music streaming revenue. Um, And that's something I'm going to be addressing in episode two or part two next week. Um, For now, though, I want to thank you for tuning in and listening to Behind the Record. Um, This is going to do it for this episode today. I I really hope you learned something interesting about music streaming, and I look forward to getting more into it next time. So see ya.